This is the Software Patent Podcast by BlueShift IP. Hi, and welcome to the Software Patent Podcast by BlueShift IP, the software patent experts. I'm Robert Plotkin, software patent attorney and co-founder of BlueShift IP. In the Software Patent Podcast, I and my partner, Cynthia Gilbert, share with you our success strategies for developing strong, broad, and defensible software patent portfolios for our clients in the U.S. and worldwide. This is the fourth out of four special episodes in a series on how to determine whether your software is patentable. If you're an inventor or if you're an executive at a tech company or a patent lawyer outside of the U.S., this series will help you to at least make a first-pass determination of whether your software or your client's software is worth considering for patent protection. In each episode in this series, we cover one criterion that you can use to evaluate whether your software is likely to be patentable. And as always, I'll give the disclaimer that this is not legal advice. This is for informational purposes only. If you need legal advice, please seek out and retain the services of a licensed and competent registered patent attorney in your jurisdiction. At BlueShift IP, we represent clients in the U.S. obtaining U.S. software patents. Feel free to reach out to us at blueshiftip.com, where you can also find our blog, where you can find uh, archived episodes of this podcast. You can also check us out on LinkedIn, where we post articles about software patents, how to avoid common pitfalls in software patents, how to um, clear up super common misconceptions and myths about software patents, and as always, how to obtain better, stronger, more enforceable, defensible software patents. In today's episode, which is the fourth in this series, the criterion that I'm going to focus on is whether your software controls something physical that's external to the computer. Now, one reason I waited until the final installment in this series to cover this criterion is that I didn't want to give the impression that your software absolutely needs to control something outside of the computer in order to be patentable. Because I've found in my many years of experience that many people falsely assume that the only software that can ever be patented is software that controls something outside of a computer, like that controls a robot or an assembly line or something. It's not true. We at BlueShift IP obtain software patents regularly on software that does not control anything outside of the computer. Now, if you do happen to have software that controls something outside of the computer, then that weighs very strongly in your favor. It will make your life a lot easier at the patent office in getting a patent granted on your software. So this criterion is a very important one to consider, even though it's not necessary for patentability. Now, when I say controls something outside of the computer, what do I mean? My favorite example that I love to give is software in a car that controls the car's anti-lock braking system. 
that is software that controls something outside of what is a computer inside of the car. So when you hit that brake pedal in a car that has anti-lock braking, the action of hitting the brake pedal sends a signal to a microprocessor in the car, which determines, using some software, how much force to apply to the brakes and in what pattern over time to apply the force over time. If you've ever hit the anti-lock brakes, you know that the brakes get pumped. The speed and force at which they get pumped over time, that's all determined by software. And it's software that causes the processor to send a signal to the brakes to control them to pump accordingly. That's an example of what I mean by software that controls something physical outside the computer. Other examples, software that moves a robot, software that um, controls any kind of vehicle. I mean, these are all really good uh, examples. Now, if you attempt to, uh, to patent software that controls something physical outside of a computer, in my experience, you will nearly always avoid receiving what's called an abstract idea or patent eligibility rejection, which will make the task of obtaining the patent a lot easier than if you did obtain an abstract idea rejection. Now, you might imagine, maybe based on your own experience already, or just from hearing what I've had to say, that there can be some borderline cases between software that controls something physical outside of a computer and that doesn't. And, you know, you might imagine you might try to stretch the boundaries If you're filing a patent application, you want to obtain a patent, you might stretch the boundaries of what constitutes controlling something physical outside the computer. So, for example, let's say you've got some software that calculates the results of a formula. And you might say, well, that's not doing anything physical outside of a computer. Well, but what if you said in the patent application that the software calculates the results of the formula and then displays, displays the answer, displays the results on a monitor? Hmm. You know, is that software now controlling something physical outside of the computer? I mean, the monitor, right, is something physical outside the computer, and your software is causing the monitor to display some numbers or other text on a screen. Now, although technically it's true in this case that the software is controlling something physical outside the computer, sorry to tell you that in practice, the patent office will very likely consider or treat you as if you're attempting to game the system by doing this and will treat your software as not controlling something physical outside the computer. It's often called, patent office will often reject a patent application like that and say that the display of the result on the monitor is just insignificant post-solution activity, which is language that comes from an old court decision. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that your software can't be patented, only that you're going to have a a steeper hill to climb. So there are a lot of borderline cases in which it can be argued either way that your software either does or doesn't control something physical outside of the computer. And you can really get bogged down in arguments with the patent examiner about something like this. So this is another reason why it's really important for you to work with a patent attorney who specializes in software patents. Because if you get into that kind of situation where it's necessary to argue with the patent examiner about where the dividing line is 
between controlling something outside of a computer and not controlling something outside of a computer, you're going to need someone who's intimately familiar with that dividing line and how it's been defined by the law and how to convince a patent examiner that your software does control something outside the computer if that's what you need to do to get your patent. I really hope you've enjoyed and benefited from this special series of episodes on how to determine whether your software is patentable. I've enjoyed giving it. And feel free to use this series of articles as a checklist for uh, trying to determine whether you should go to a patent attorney to pursue patent protection for any new software. Remember, in the end, uh, this is not legal advice. It's intended to be uh, useful information. Feel free to reach out to us at BlueShift IP Software Patent Experts at blueshiftip.com for guidance and help in obtaining software patents in the U.S. We serve uh, companies in the U.S. We serve litigators in the U.S. who need assistance with software patent litigation on either the plaintiff or defendant side. And we frequently work with patent attorneys outside the U.S., who filed patent attorneys most commonly in their home country and then are seeking to file in the U.S. Uh, One thing I'll say is that because the U.S. is a very favorable environment for obtaining software patents, more favorable than most, if not all, other countries in the world, we encourage patent attorneys in other countries If they've got a client who's developed some innovative software that is not patentable in your own country, consider whether to file a patent application for that software in the U.S. You might be able to get a strong, broad, defensible, and valuable software patent for your client in the U.S., even if that same software couldn't be patented in your own country. And in particular, because of the very large market for software in the U.S., software patents can be very valuable in the U.S. You can sell them, you can license them. I mean, of course, you can enforce them, but I mentioned sale and licensing because those are things you can do without having to get into uh, expensive or protracted litigation. So, uh, I hope you found this series useful, and I hope you come back next time to listen to us at the Software Patent Podcast by Blue Shift IP. The Software Patent Podcast by Blue Shift IP is hosted by me, Robert Plotkin, and Cynthia Gilbert, who are software patent attorneys and the founding partners of Blue Shift IP, the software patent experts. The Software Patent Podcast is produced by Ginny Media. For all software patent inquiries, please visit blueshiftip.com.